this episode of 9-2-I Talks, Brent Smith, Zach Myers, and Eric Bass of the multi-platinum chart-topping band Shinedown sit down with comedian Chris Porter to talk about their new album, Attention, Attention, and much more. The conversation was recorded on September 12th, 2019, in front of a live audience at New York's 92nd Street Y. Oh, welcome to 92Y. I'm Chris Porter. I'm a stand-up comedian. I just turned 40, right? Bought my first bed frame. <laughs> Felt it was time. Something about turning 40, girls don't like it when your bed's on the floor. <laughs> she will find her shirt and she will call an Uber. Uh, I am trying to date women closer to my age. Uh, I used to date younger chicks. You just get tired of explaining the OJ thing. We were three episodes into an FX miniseries. She looks over at me and goes, did this really happen? <laughs> Single women my age come in two categories. They either have careers and aspirations, or they have three jobs and a dream catcher. <laughs> and they dress similarly, so you get tricked. <laughs> you think you're getting in a car with a girl with a future, and then there's the dream catcher hanging from the rear view. You're like, man, I'm about to meet five cats. <laughs> We're going to have to stop and get some Claritin. Single women my age have a lot of accessories with their faces. Accoutrement, if you will. Ladies, if you do those things because it makes you feel pretty or if it gives you confidence, and I'm all for it. But if you're doing that stuff because you think guys notice, then I think you're wasting your time. I've never heard a man say, oh, I was totally going to go home with that chick, but she had super thin eyelashes. <laughs> you know me, bro. I like a real bushy lash. You ever seen a 70s porn? Yeah, I want that but up here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a very fun evening. Uh, I'm going to sit down with some of my friends and have a conversation about where they've come from and how they've gotten to where they are now. We're going to focus on their new album, Attention, Attention, which is an album unlike they've done at this point in their careers. You're probably wondering why I'm here. I mean, you look at the roster out there. There's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's enough, really. I shouldn't be on that list with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But here I am. You're wondering why. Well, in 2014, I was checking my Twitter DMs, and there was one, which was rare. And a gentleman from a band that I'd only scarcely heard of said, hey, I've seen your new special. I'm in town recording a new album. I'd like to meet you and have lunch. That man was Zach Myers. Over the last five years, Zach and I have forged a friendship that is one of the most important in my life. And also, through him, I've become friends with Eric Bass and Brett Myers, and I've been to many of Shinedown shows. And uh, what did I do? Did I screw it up? I said Brent Myers, didn't I? 
Not bad, five minutes in. I am going to keep going. Did someone say keep going? Do you think I was going to mess up and go, well, that's it, folks. It's perfect or nothing. Brent Smith. As you can tell, we're super close. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get this thing started. I'm going to bring them out. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest is, well, our first guest this evening. I uh, was born in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, he's the first member of a Shinedown to produce an entire album for the band. And uh, his name is also a fish's name. <laughs> Give it up for Eric Bass, everybody. Good to see you. How are you? Good, good. Good to see you. Our next guest comes from Memphis, Tennessee. At the age of 14, he was dubbed a childhood prodigy at the instrument of guitar. He's played with the likes of Buddy Guy and other people that you probably heard of. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of my best friends, Zach Myers, everyone. Hey, buddy. Why are you so tired? My mom. Our next guest, especially in this room, needs no introduction, but if I don't give him one, he won't know when to come out. <laughs> this gentleman was born in Knoxville, Tennessee. He started a band called Drev or Dreve. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> D-R-E-V-E, -E. it's very ambiguous. That band got signed to a label, then eventually dropped, but he's kept on and then eventually formed a band called Shinedown. Please welcome Brent Smith, everyone. What's up, Let's, Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Brent Myers, everyone. It's nice to meet you. How are you doing? My brother. My brother, Brent Myers. My brother, Brent Myers. Yeah. Everybody good tonight? Oh my God, I love New York City. Yeah, this is great. Hello, boys. Hi. Well, let's start at the beginning. Brent? Yes, sir. How did Shinedown begin? Oh, my God. Just get at it. I love this. Yeah. Let's get deep right away. Let's get deep right away. Um, like you said, I, uh, I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, my whole life, uh, I'm very, very lucky I get to do what I always wanted to do, which was perform for people, write music, write songs, and hopefully bring joy to as many people as I possibly can while I'm here. <laughs> so like uh, my friend Chris was saying, um, I, I was in a band in Knoxville, Tennessee called Dreve, Drev, Drob. What is something? Yeah. Dribble. Dribble. You need Dribble. an accent on there or something. I yeah. know, I am from the South. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it lasted about nine months because basically we were kind of trying to feel ourselves out and it was such a shock because not a lot of artists from Knoxville, Tennessee were getting signed 
to a label like Atlantic Records. And um, we got signed, nine months went by, and we got dropped. And so I was gonna do one of two things. I was either going to go to Los Angeles or I was gonna go to New York City. I got a phone call about two and a half, three weeks after we were dropped from a gentleman by the name of Steve Robertson, who was the A&R for Atlantic Records that signed Dreve, and then called me up and said, hey, I wanna sign you again. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I don't wanna sign you to a band, I wanna sign you to a development deal. I didn't know what that was. Ahmed Erdogan, God rest his soul, um, who was the founder of Atlantic Records. Also a big part of the movie Ray. Yes, a very he big part. He was the bald guy in Ray. Um, <laughs> Just to give you reference. That was him. That was him. I mean, it wasn't actually, it was a guy playing him. Yeah, yeah it, wasn't, it wasn't him for real. And so the, what happened was this development deal that took me on a three-year journey. Uh, it led me to Jacksonville, Florida, where I met some very, very interesting individuals, one of them being uh, a gentleman who's not here with us tonight, who's in Arkansas at one of his best friend's wedding, the drummer of Shinedown, Mr. Barry Kurtz. Yeah. <laughs> White guy with dreads in Arkansas, that, that'll probably go real well. <laughs> And uh, what happened was two albums in, working very, very hard, and getting to a place where the band had seen a lot of ups and downs. I don't want to be cliche, but it's kind of what you would think would be happening to a bunch of 22-year-old dudes from the South who got you know, an opportunity to make a record, and basically, here's a bus, go for it. Um, but so a lot of Bible study. Not as much. <laughs> Only on Sunday. So in that whole realm of those first two albums and as we're on tour and what have you, um, one of the most amazing things in the world happened around 2007. The universe uh, made a really, really kind of quick left turn with me and Barry. And we met Zach Myers and Eric Bass and our lives were changed forever. <clears throat> and really, in all honesty, I have to be very open. As we are standing back here at this massively prestigious event, I can very, very honestly say, gentlemen, we're just getting started. Indeed. <laughs> You, I'm not sure about. I don't, I don't know. I know. I'm just going to keep doing these games. It's questionable. Uh, so where does the name Shinedown come from, and what does it mean? It actually came from a painting um, that um, when I was in Jacksonville, Florida, I met a young lady. She was a wonderful artist. A friend of ours got married, and we didn't have any money at the time, so she basically painted this portrait of two people silhouetted, um, basically embraced. And... The friends of ours who got married, they put it in the foyer as you go to their bedroom. And one day when I was in their house, I was looking at it. And I was like, it'd be cool, man. Like, put like a light above it so it would shine down on the painting. And that individual called me a couple of days later. Because this is when I was trying to figure out what the name was going to be. Because we had some funny names. And oh, that's a terrible. <laughs> some terrible. We had some funny names. But to make a long story short, he called me up and he said, why don't you call the band Shining Down? So I kind of thought about it for a minute. And uh, I took the ING off of it. 
instead of it being two words, made it one. Um, but the beautiful thing about that is um, it really does encompass, this is why the universe is real. It encompasses this band because Shinedown is about the yin and the yang. Everything that's good has a little bit of bad. Everything that's bad has a little bit of good. It's balance. Sometimes you shine and sometimes you're down. But regardless, you're going to make it. In 2003, you uh, released Leave a Whisper. In 2005, you released Us and Them. Uh, Us and Them had I Dare You. It hit the pop charts. Uh, it's also when Zach joins the band as a touring guitarist. Uh, how did I Dare You change your life? And, how, and what led to Zach joining the band as a touring guitarist? I think at the time, um, we met Zach when we were out on the first record with Three Doors Down. He was teching for Chris, right? Oh, three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's when I met him. And I mean, ultimately, as we got into the second album, we felt like we needed, um, we needed a, a little more. Okay. And so he got brought in. Um, and ultimately, I Dare You was interesting because the funny thing was from us and them is that the first single was a song called Save Me. It was our very first number one alternative song. <laughs> And uh, our family is here tonight from not only the illustrious Atlantic Records, there's a lot of our label here tonight that we adore. Um, but um, our mentor and our, our manager, Mr. Bill McGathy, from Indigoot Entertainment and McGathy Promotions. So, and the reason I bring this up is because it was by no means whatsoever, it was a hustle. And what I mean by a hustle is we kind of had this idea that when we came out, um, like even with the first record, going down into the second. You know, you have lifelong dreams and big, you know, aspirations and what have you. Everybody's gonna love us. Rolling Stones is gonna put us on the cover of everything. MTV's gonna play all of our videos. <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> none of, none, none of, of that happened. <laughs> and, but the, the thing that was awesome was, was radio. Yeah. Because we basically made a decision because radio, especially rock radio and alternative radio, they like the sound of the band. Yeah. And um, as we toured and toured and toured, um, we got into that place finally on the second album where with Save Me's success and crossing from mainstream rock into alternative, the same thing happened with I Dare You, but we started to see some things change with Top 40 and also Hot AC. And at the time, Chris Daltrey, who was on American Idol, he sang the song one week. Um, Chris is a good friend of ours. We love him. He's awesome. Uh, forged a friendship with him. But... Uh, you know, yeah, I think it, the, the big part of that particular time era, though, unfortunately, was the fact that there was a lot of things going on where it might have looked good on the outside, but internally, there was a lot of stuff that was going wrong. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I joined the band, it was about five months before us and them came out, and... It was, I got into this band as just a hired guitar player. I didn't do meet and greets. I wasn't in photos or anything like that. But you show up and you're like, man, this is going to be awesome. We're playing these great venues. And it's like, oh, my God, everyone's on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which, by the way, in some settings is not necessarily a bad thing. But it, I've never done a drug, so I'm, I'm speaking from just the, the sober guy. Uh, no, that's right. I just... It's asthma, that's why I can't do it. I would. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the applause, but I wasn't, I wasn't, that wasn't a pander statement. Um, uh, 
I appreciate it though. Um, you know, it was, but it was in a dark, it was in a dark place. Like it was, it was in a really dark spot when I joined and it was just kind of like, you get this thing and you love the band and I loved playing with Barry and Brent and I loved playing with the other people too, but there was always kind of like a, 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 a weird feeling because I think Brent really wanted me to be in the band and, and then there was two members who, who necessarily didn't really want me to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, you know, looking, as an adult, looking back on it, I can see their plight with that. For sure, but, if you're a guitarist and then they hire another guitarist all of a sudden, yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, hey, hey bass player, hey bass player guy, security. here's this 21-year-old kid who sings, by the way, he's on your side of the stage, have a good night, yeah. <laughs> you know? All right, and you know, and I, I, we, I got it, but you know, it was, you saw that, you saw his drive, first off, and how driven of a person he was, and you saw kind of, I'm not gonna say you saw the future, but you kind of saw where it was gonna go, and, and, and that's, it ended up being the way it ended up going. Well, let's talk about one of their most integral albums, uh, The Sound of Madness. It's a big word. <laughs> I'm not even sure I used it right, if we're being honest. I, think I was you did. searching I think for was, it. I think you there was definitely another word I was, was looking for. The proper nomenclature for what you were trying to. Uh, most successful album to date, as far as number of albums sold. Also, this is probably the last album to be released before Spotify kind of ruins album sales. <laughs> Uh, it goes double platinum. Uh, this album came out at a time when your band's paradigm begins to shift. New members, uh, you get sober, and uh, Shine Down Sonic Footprint continues to blossom. Yeah. What led to Some this? Some of that's true. You <laughs> 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 uh, blossomed. Yeah, we blossomed. Continue, sir. Uh, well, no, I guess. So what led? Uh, well, let's ask Eric. You walk in. So this is when you come in. Walked right in. And. Uh, <laughs> What's they didn't the even they didn't even know me, man. I just yeah. walked in. <laughs> just What's funny is Hey, uh, I'm here. I don't think we've ever told the people this word. When you came he in. He actually came in and said, ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I now here he is. I uh, I met Brent and Barry and uh, uh, Jason Todd um, when they were writing songs for the Sound of Madness. So I've been a, a songwriter and record producer. And uh, Steve Robertson had sent Brent to work with me. Um, and I had heard, uh, I was actually good friends with a guy named Rick Beato who had produced some songs on, uh, on Leave a Whisper, I believe. Yep. And, and wrote some songs on Leave a Whisper. I called Rick, I'm like, what's this, what's this cat like, man? He goes, oh man, you know, it, it's, he's, 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 he's a great guy, but he's really different. And that's all he would tell me. <laughs> so, Still true. So I, uh, I go to pick Brent up at... Uh, there's a Holiday Inn in Charleston, South Carolina that's round. It looks just like the, it's the same round building that you see on the 405 in Los Angeles. Like, they only, there are a few of them around the country. But Identical. It's just, it's just round building. And uh, I remember I, I pulled up to pick him up, and he came out and got in the car, and we drove straight to a bar and got completely hammered on Jägermeister. Yep. <laughs> on Jägermeister? Yep. Welcome lots, to Charleston. No wonder you're sober now. Actually, we, actually. <laughs> Christ. There was a. I'd we're be all sober, sober now. Actually. Dude, I'd be sober if I drank Jägermeister. <laughs> uh, your back's against the wall. The only way you can go is straight. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what I like my liquor to taste like? Licorice. Do. <laughs> I like to be real literal with my liquor. No, uh, but uh, uh, we 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 spent uh, we spent a few days writing songs, and actually at the time, man, I could see the dysfunction in the band uh, at, at at that time, and. Uh, you know, the, I, I think me maybe possibly being considered 
as, as, a, as someone who could play in the band and, and play bass had been thrown around a little bit. And, uh, you know, I wasn't really sure about it at that point, you know, because I had, uh, my wife and I had taken out a second mortgage on our house to build a recording studio. And I had started this business and, and uh, it, it, would, it would have been a, a real wild card, man. But, uh, uh, you know, I got a call again a couple of months later about, about doing an audition and I went down to Orlando and got in a room and, and uh, with, uh, with the three gentlemen that I play with now and, you know, never looked back. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a life-changing experience in, in so many different ways. I mean, you, you, you think about, I mean, we, we talk about this a lot. Like, we can't, we don't even remember what it was like without each other. Yeah. And it's very, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a unique Aww. thing. It really is. You know what's funny? Something that we, something that I don't think anybody knows too, is that when we when we did that audition, Eric, because we were we were going to be back to be a five piece. That's what we wanted to do, because that's what we were when we just kind of <clears throat> two member. We let two members go, and Eric showed up with a guitar and a bass. A lot of people don't know that <laughs> he had a guitar and a bass, and I was like, and it's like, I think I always still kind of feel bad because as soon as he plugged the bass in and played with the with us, with, and when it was the four of us, we were all the three of us were like, oh yeah, that's 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 the guy, and we had already we had already you know there to been several people that tried out and as soon as he I mean note one it was like oh that's the guy he can just, just tell him to put that guitar right, it right doesn't back in take his car. a lot to impress people with bass playing skills it takes way more than bass playing I'll tell you that Brent you wrote over 60 songs for this album yeah we did uh, I started like I lost count at a certain point what we led to that about prolific this outburst night, yeah. what led to it was um, there was no middle. Yeah. Uh, it, there, there was no halfway at any point. Um, it had to be all or nothing. And, you know, by no stretch of the imagination am I trying to give you this idea that all of this literally did come like a, like a flood, especially lyrically. But it did. Um... And the thing that was so interesting about it because of Zach and because of Eric was I found a new confidence that I never knew I even had because these two gentlemen came into mine and Barry's world and saved us and saved, really saved Shinedown. And I think that, you know, during the process of writing this record, the sound of madness. I didn't censor myself. Uh, I didn't try to make people happy. I wasn't trying to get on the radio. I wasn't trying to look at people as individuals or put them into formats or categories or anything like that. I was just being as unapologetic, you know, just no apologies and just be me. And guess what? There's a lot of burns and cuts and bruises and scars that I wouldn't trade for the world because I don't want there to be like the sheen. You know what I mean? I don't want it to be glossy. I don't want it to be perfect. I want to see all that. You need to see all that because you need to know that this band and what we do, the one thing that we are always is 100% honest. One of the songs you write during this 60 songs uh, outburst is Second Chance. I love that you called it an outburst. 
How did this song come about and what effect did it have on the success of your band? Second Chance was one of those songs where I think that it's a very simple song, actually, if you kind of break it down. <clears throat> and uh, I remember for the longest time, there were, there were certain people, um, <laughs> there were certain people that questioned the last line in the chorus, which is, sometimes goodbye is a second chance. There's different versions of it, actually. There's actually four different lyrical yeah. versions. We're not going to tell you what they are. Yeah. But we'll keep those to ourselves. Yeah, we'll keep them to ourselves. But... Do what? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind, kind of. I, some, sometimes, I, sometimes I dance with no pants was one. That's one. That was, that, was, that was the one that was not as much on the cutting room floor. Honestly, that was close. Honestly, me and Eric came up with that, and we thought that that was going to be a smash. But yeah. yeah. Especially in Europe. Yeah. yeah. So, sometimes high fives are a second Sometimes chance. high fives. Yeah. Sometimes you need to re How did you know that, by the way? Because <laughs> I've never told anyone that that was one, too. I could feel it. Okay. <laughs> so the, the whole thing about that song is I go back and I think about it. What it was was that, what do you mean sometimes goodbye is the second chance? That's awful. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not listening to it. And, you know, I'll tell you exactly where that song came from. It came from me remembering when I was 21 years old and I had been dropped by Atlantic Records, but then I had been re-signed. That song came from me and my mother sitting at our kitchen table in the house that I grew up in. Right before I left my hometown for real, like left. Now, I've been back since, but you have to understand something. At the time, I grew up in a family that they desperately tried to understand me, but I'm not like anybody else in my family, from, a, from an artistic side and a musical side. A lot of, lot of brains, a lot of um, sports and what have you, nothing in the arts necessarily, and here I come. <clears throat> because from the moment I entered the earth, what I'm doing right now is all I ever wanted to do. And I'm lucky enough to be with not only these two gentlemen, but Mr. Kirch, um, because those gentlemen are, are one of the reasons that, you know, why I'm on this earth still, okay? So, but my mom looks at me, and I, I remember her not understanding what was about to happen, but I was not an easy kid, man, to raise. And, and I'm not just being silly about that. I was not, I was tough. I think we get that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> not, he's not, not easy as an adult to raise either. Yeah. <laughs> but my... Something about the neck tattoo says he wasn't an easy kid. <laughs> yeah, it's part of it. My mom, though, for the very first time, looked at me and said, I don't know what's about to happen for you, but I do know this. If you stay here, you'll die here. And I don't want that for you. So whatever this is, whatever you're chasing, whatever you're after, go. And do not slow down, do not look back, go. And that was where I thought, that moment when I wrote the song, <clears throat> the lyrics, that is, that that was my second chance, you know? Um, and she, it's emotional, man. Both my mom and my dad, 
they, they allowed me to know it was okay. But if you're going to go, man, go all the way. It's a really good song. You guys want to hear it? <clears throat> Why don't you guys go ahead and play it? Oh, now we shifted it. Yeah, I don't remember how to play this song. Yeah, you do. All right. You still thinking about trying this? are open wide by the way I made it through the day and I watched the world outside by the way I'm leaving out today cause I just saw Haley's comet she waved she said why are you always running in place even the man in the moon disappeared somewhere in the stratosphere so tell my mother tell my father that I've done the best I can to make them realize this is my life and I hope they understand that I'm not angry I'm just saying Sometimes goodbye is a second chance Please don't cry one tear for me I'm not afraid of what I have to say This is my one and only voice So listen close, it's only for today I just saw Haley's comet, she waved. She said, why are you always running in place? Even the man in the moon disappeared. Somewhere in the stratosphere. So tell my mother, tell my father, I've done the best I can to make them realize this is my life and I hope they understand I'm not angry I'm just saying that sometimes goodbye is a second chance here is my chance yeah, this, this is my chance. So tell my mother, tell my father that I've done the best I can to make them realize that this is my life. And I hope they understand that I'm not angry, I'm just 
Sometimes goodbye is a second chance Sometimes goodbye it's a second chance You know sometimes goodbye it's a second chance Thank you very much Are you having fun? No, not in the least. That was pretty good. By the way, we, we have to let everybody know something. We are such a huge fan of this man to my right over here. I, uh, I broke my microphone. Oh, no. Did you break your mic? I broke my mic. Don't you love live? Come on. I love live. Especially 92. 92Y? I love that live. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> you should be a comedian. Your timing is... I got third in a contest. You did. <laughs> I love that that got brought up in the intro. I know. Second runner up? Yeah. It's a yeah. dick move. Yeah, he did. <laughs> This next guy didn't win. <laughs> Not ladies, even close, really. Ladies and gentlemen, have you seen Last Comic Standing? Well, this guy didn't win. <laughs> he watched it a couple times, though. Uh, in 2012, you released Amaryllis. <laughs> Was it intimidating to go into the studio after Madness was such a huge success? Go ahead, Eric. Go um, for it. Yeah, I'd be lying if... if uh, if I said that we didn't think somewhat about that, about maybe having to try to top it. I mean, that, that was sort of maybe a, a, a thought in the, in the beginning of that process. Um, but we realized as, you know, as we were finishing songs and, um, you know, other songs were being turned in, that, that it wasn't going to be Sound of Madness 2, which we were actually really happy about because, you know, you, you, with our band, you have to expand, you have to grow, we have to keep, keep going forward. We don't want to make the same record again. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, that that pressure lifted pretty quickly, man, I, I would think. Um, you know, like I said, once we knew we had the songs, that's, that's always the thing about, about a record for me is, is just making sure that, that you got the songs before you start the recording <laughs> process. Because you know it's going to be great if the songs are great. You know, it, 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 you can't keep a good song down. <clears throat> you can do it a lot of harm, <laughs> but, you can't, <laughs> but you can't keep it down. Uh, so, yeah, they, like I said, initially in the, in the, in the first, uh, in, in, in that record's infancy, I think we, we probably were thinking about that somewhat, but it, that, that faded, man, that went away, and, and uh, um, you know, that's probably one of my favorite records, Amarillis is. I listened, I listened to it the other day for the first time, front to back, in years, and, uh, Man, it, it's, uh, it's a banger, man. I like it. Yeah. We called it the, uh, we kind of nicknamed it, we, the four of us nicknamed it the kitchen sink. Because, like, with Sound of Madness, there were tons of people that were asking, like, how are you going to top it, Sound of Madness? And yes, we were like, sure. we're not going to top it. It's, if you want to hear the Sound of Madness, it's forever. You can go listen to it. Why would we make the same record twice or write the same song over and over again? But what we decided with Amaryllis was, like, we wanted to layer it, we wanted to make it, we wanted to make it sound cinematic. We wanted every song, not just one or two of the songs, we wanted the whole record to be epic. 
So, I mean, there is a lot of work that went into this record. And this is also during the time with the Warner Music Group when Lior Cohen came in. And Old with Leo. That, yeah. <laughs> he, um, which was very unique at that time because we're, we're very, very lucky. We have some very important people from Atlantic Records here tonight, a part of our family. Pete Gambarg, um, Leah Pisacani's here tonight, and also Annie DiClemente and Craig Rosen, who are, you know, they're, they're part of our family. But, and also... Chris Brown. Chris Brown. And we have a new member of the family, our product manager, Mr. Chris Brown, who's here not, as well. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> I met him earlier, not even close. Yeah. Not. <laughs> our Chris Brown is in a league all his own. Yeah, yeah. Very nice guy. Yeah. Kept his hands to himself. But. <laughs> so you, you said it before I could. So as, as Lior came in and as we started to work with Julie Greenwald and myself and a gentleman by the name of Craig Kalman um, have known each other for quite some time and our manager Bill McGathy as we are navigating through all of this, this album, what we wanted to do was something that now, it's kind of a lost art, but when you write all these songs, what we did on Amaryllis and it was really rad because Lior was very open to this. As we wrote these songs, um, we demoed them like a record. So like the word demo in 2019 doesn't really need to exist anymore because the days of like, oh, I'm just gonna put a vocal and an acoustic guitar and you, you're gonna have to hear all the other stuff we're gonna put on. It doesn't work like that. So we wanted to make sure that they had a demonstration that was close to what the record was gonna sound like. So we we wrote close to like 40, 50 songs, but then what we did was this. Our manager, Bill McGathy, and me spoke about this, and it was like, I got an idea. Let's take all the songs, let's set up a timing in New York City with all of the main heads of everybody at Atlantic who has not heard all of these songs. We made pamphlets for everybody with every single song and all of the lyrics, and then we arrived at actually Craig Kalman's uh, place in, in, in the city, and everybody was in there, the producer of the record, Rob Cavallo, gotta give him credit, you know. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we, we were all in there, and we just listened to every single song. And everybody made notes, you know what I mean? Like, like everybody, you know? And the unique thing about that was there was a switch that went off not only in us, we could kind of read the room, but everybody in the room was very open about all the songs. We would finish listening to a song, a demo of it, and they would help us figure out what songs they felt like were gonna embody this record. It's something that doesn't happen very often, um, but it's something that we try to do, you know, since that record, because we love Atlantic Records, and they have always allowed us to be ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. They are the greatest record label in the world. And something, uh, something about that record, too, that, that, that speaks to, to the fact that we've got such a great team. You have to understand something that, that, especially about this band, like Brent was saying, is that once the songs are written, you know, there are many hurdles a song has to go through to, to be heard on a record. And, and when you have people like Bill McGathy and uh, you know, and Steve Robertson, and uh, and people like this on your team, uh, you know, they really help you mold 
the song. You know, they help you mold the record, I guess I should say, by, by helping you choose which songs are, you know, are, are gonna go. Um, and, uh, and Pete Gamborg as well is, is, has been instrumental in this process with us as well at, at, at times. But I think Amaryllis has the strongest set of B-sides of any record For we've sure. done. <laughs> like songs you've, yeah. songs you've never heard before. And this is the thing, when, when, we, when we're done with a record, we don't pick, pick up songs from another, you know, from writing from another record and move them over into the pile for the next record. It's, those are done. So we have this, we have so many songs you've never heard before. And I think that Amaryllis, I, I don't have to say probably, it does it have, the, sure. it has the strongest set of, of songs you've never heard. <laughs> Leftover stuff uh, that, 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 will, that will, maybe one day will get out there. Is it going to be like but, a Prince thing where like when you all pass, there's just going to be like 18 shine down records? It's weird. It's actually, it's become a, those songs have become folklore, like amongst our fans and stuff. Like, oh yeah, yeah. There, there was a song. Brent and I were in the studio writing this song called "The Underground," and it, it was. Uh, and I think we it. played. Yeah, thank you. We uh, we we did we thank did a, we did a we got on we did some kind of Skype thing or live. I don't know what was, it was, it was what was it around was just back then. Live stream. Yeah, live stream or something. And we, yeah. we were like, oh, let's play them a verse and a chorus of something we've been working on. And this this might have had something to do with the drugs and alcohol. I'm not sure. Might have. But uh, that is the uh, best we, we thought we thought, we thought that was a great idea. So we played this the intro verse and chorus to the song called Underground, and then everybody was all excited about it, and then it didn't make the record, and people were like, people still ask about what it. happened to this song. I actually I, I found a kid in in uh, uh, Orlando. We played a show, and I, this this kid was backstage with another friend of mine. He's like, what happened to the, to the Underground? And I actually let him hear the whole thing. Man, you would have thought I had. Given him that's like $5,000. <laughs> but that's got to be the same thing with you, too, at times, being a comedian. Like, you have certain ways that you present yourself, I mean, and I you're in so many different locations, and you're dealing with, you know, all the people in the room. You're having to, you're having to read it, but you're also having to figure out what works, what doesn't work, and what works in some cities doesn't work at all in another city. Oh, no, when I'm on stage, I'm just saying what I'm saying. They can deal with it. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> now you know why we brought him. <laughs> I'll be honest. And I'm the same in Little Rock as I am in New York. I just do better in New York. <laughs> Everyone does. All right. Uh, Emer we're we're, running, a, we're well, running a little behind, so well, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. That was one question about the record. It was 18 minutes. Hey, man, you got to remember who you're talking to. Man. I we know. Talk. We're, we are, we are okay, long Okay, well, we're just going to say threat to survival happened and move the fuck on. All right. <laughs> Sorry, sorry I cursed, but I'm getting comfy. <laughs> it happened. Let's talk about attention, attention. Okay. This is a much heavier record than probably the last three. It really harks, in my opinion, harks back to your earlier Subject records. Subject matter-wise, for sure. In, well, in the, I felt sonically. Yeah. But Thank maybe you, I'm Chris wrong. Porter. Thanks, Chris Porter. Uh, Eric produced this one. He did. Uh, the whole thing. Oh, by the way, he also mixed it. Did you guys care about that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I'm just. He mixed it, you guys. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we brought someone that we were friends with yeah. so we could talk to each other like this. Sean Penn would have walked off yeah, by yeah. now. <laughs> Would have been, we would have been in a fist fight already. Like, How dare you? <laughs> By the way, he's coming up. Don't miss him. Uh, Brant, you've said in previous interviews that this is the first album you wrote completely sober. Because Eric had to remind me of it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's was, how sobriety works. Was that, yeah. an 
You have to, you forget you're sober sometimes? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, was all. that an intimidating prospect? To um, the thing about it was is that Eric did produce all of Attention Attention because it was time for him to do an entire record. Because quite frankly, nobody else would have gotten it. Um, the thing is, is that he has a saying, and it makes a lot of sense, which is he's not into band in a can. And what that means is like, after a while, the same producers, same mixers, what have you, it doesn't matter if the bands change, same compressors, same EQs, all that stuff, and it starts sounding the same. And that guy right there is dangerous <laughs> in a good way, because- You'd never know. <laughs> Not with that sweater, you wouldn't. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, right. The best. Take it all in. The best. Uh, all the, of it. The best. The best thing about the best thing Thank about you. Eric. The best thing about Eric as a producer is to me, and I don't know if I've ever even told you this before, is the stuff that happens when we leave. Yeah. Like, he's so, like, when we recorded Cut the Cord, there wasn't that weird, like, Indian sound and, like, snake charming <laughs> intro. Like, all this stuff, none of this stuff was there. And it's like, it's the stuff that, he gets kind of into this mad scientist mode to where when he's locked in that studio by himself, he makes noises in a sonic palette. That, and, I'm, and I'm not saying this because he's in the band or produced a record that literally no one's ever heard before. And it's because he has this mind that works differently than any mind I've ever seen. And so when he gets in there and starts messing with stuff, you're like, Where, what sound is this? <laughs> like if you listen to Devil, you wouldn't know this. That's a, before the, the last course comes in, that's a fighter jet nose diving. <laughs> that's, what, that's what that sound is. That's literally, that's not a joke. That's the sound of that, what that is. Now it's did like, you rent the 747? <laughs> yeah, I did, or? yeah. Awesome. He spent the whole budget on that, yeah, actually, the whole, whole record. He didn't get paid to produce the record, but the whole budget was renting the plane. It was renting the plane, yeah. And the dynamic to a lot of that also is the fact that he allowed myself and Zach and Barry at all times during the process, because he was in the captain's chair of it, yeah. to be fearless. Like, there were no wrong, there's no wrong answer. There's no right answer, per se, either. It's about being creative and about having a flow. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you're making a record, the one thing that he would do every single day, even if he didn't know he was doing it, he never walked in negative. He never walked into the room at all and ever said like, I don't know what to do, or what do you think? He came in every day, even if he faked it, you know, that he walked in and he kept a level of understanding where we knew he had us, yep. you know what I mean? I spent 179 days with him and his beautiful wife in Charleston, South Carolina at his studio um, and that's half a year, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, when we, uh, I mean, it's sick short, but yeah. we're yeah. in there. But the thing was, is that the, the, the unique thing about it too, going back to our circle. And when I talk about the circle, I'm talking about all the people that we surround ourselves with. They allow us to be who we are. Yeah. They're not trying to make us, you know, anything else. We've had to prove that we know what we're doing, but this wasn't something where like one day we just decided, hey, Eric's gonna do this record. We had a lot of teachers, male and female, engineers, different people that we've written with, all those kinds of factors, and we didn't really question him about it or 
and no one around us did because we're only as good as the people that we surround ourselves with. But the fact of it was, going back to the label too, this is very important because it doesn't happen. They left us alone because they trusted us, you know? And the only thing that they ever said was, turn it in when it's ready. Oh, that's awesome. And that's hard to do too, because when you when you say, okay, a band member is going to produce a record, no matter. He had already produced Cut the Cord, Diamond Eyes, a song called I'm Alive for the Avengers soundtrack. He'd already produced all these things. Her name is Alice. Her name is Alice, uh, which is a song that literally everyone asks for every night. Um, there you go. Um, and you know, it's, to have a label just trust you in, implicitly with that is such an amazing thing. That goes back to Atlantic Records, though, being. Now, now, Eric, being the producer, yay Atlantic Records, go ahead. <laughs> hey, some of them are in here, is what I'm saying. I, I feel like this should be 92% Shinedown's tribute to Atlantic Records. <laughs> uh, one day. Eric, yeah. was there ever a moment during the recording process where you had to tell one of your fellow band members that what they're playing wasn't great? Bring it on. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I don't believe in that, man. I never have. I, yeah, I've never been. I mean, just just in general, I'm not. I'm not a. Uh, I've worked with producers in bands, and I've been around producers working with other bands who like to belittle and demean and break down. Yeah. And um, I don't believe in that, man. I don't think you get good stuff that way. I'm not saying you can't get a great record that way. Obviously, you can. Um, if you've heard anything Ross Robinson has ever done, he he likes to throw things at people in the studio and, 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 and he gets some great records done. Um, it's just not my school, it's not, it's not how I like to do things. I'm, I'm very much a, uh, a positive reinforcement guy. I want the person in the studio, especially my brothers in, in, in the band that I'm, that I'm in, to know that I'm gonna sit there with them until they get it right, until they get it where it needs to be, until I feel like it's, it's got passion and emotion and you know, I just want the hair on the back of my neck to stand up. That's it, that's all I'm ever listening for. Whether, it, whether it's drums or, or you know, whether it's drums, guitar, <clears throat> bass, you know, I mean, and believe me, when I had the bass on, you can't be the producer and do that, you know, and I had them in the room with me and they would look at me and go, no, no, that's not it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and so we, we actually, we, we pushed each other in the studio a lot in, in, in very positive ways, man. I, I just, I think that, that, uh, you know, I'm never gonna gonna look at one of my guys and say that they're not cutting it. You know, because I know they can, and, I, and we it's it's in them, it's in me. And uh, so, I mean, I was gonna sit there until, I mean, I'd still be sitting there right now if I had to, <laughs> if I had to be sitting there. So, um, you know, I never had to tell them that uh, that that something they were doing wasn't right, man. I just just tried to guide them in the direction I wanted them to go. No and, offense, but uh, can you try this answer again? I'm not really feeling it. <laughs> Um, he wanted you to throw us all under the bus, is what he yeah, wanted. Yeah, I... Uh, this, this album, uh, you've said is a story album. Was that the plan going in? And if so, what's the story? I don't think it was, this, I don't think it was the plan going in. I think it became what it is. I, no. You know, I, at, at some point, touring Threat to Survival, I think Brent and I had a conversation or two about it would be nice to do a concept record one day. We, yeah. had, talk, we had talked about that in the past. Um, this record became, kind of became what it is on its own. It wasn't really a conscious thing. We, we wrote, uh, the first song we wrote for this record is a song called Black Soul. Uh, the, the, and it was, and it was, it was nowhere near in the form it is that you hear it. The, the verses were completely different. Um, so it had to be retooled, but we thought the chorus was great. We wrote Monsters second. 
and Monsters is pretty much exactly how you hear it now. Um, and then, you know, and, and then I think it was right after that the, the, the Get Up came along, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, you know, it, it, and, and I know we've talked about it in other interviews, but that is the song that, that when it was done, when it was penned, when it was finished, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I looked at you or you looked at me, but we said, let's keep going. You know, let's, let's, let's just, let's put it all out there. This is telling, us, this is telling the story of, of, you know, basically what we went through in the years prior to writing this record. He had a piano part, and it was... It wasn't haunting. It was uniquely, um, it sounded like it needed to have a real fantastic story behind it. So in my mind, I needed to tell a really, really fantastic story. And so he played me the, the main parts. <clears throat> I'm usually quick with lyrics, too. Not many days, um, especially if I'm hitting it. Um, he made me a demo of it. I took it with me. I didn't come back to him for like almost a week. When I finally came back and we, when we recorded it, did the vocals, following day, came back in, listened to the song, and at a certain point I looked at him and I said, you know what this is about, right? And he said, yeah, it's about me. And I kind of felt like I had stepped over a line here with him and it was the complete opposite with him because he let me know that this is exactly what it needs to be because it is honest. But if we're gonna do this and we're gonna go down this road, it has to be 100% genuine and it has to be authentic. It can't, you, you can't be desensitized to it. So that actually get up is the reason it became this incredible story that is called Attention, Attention. And there's a reason for that because Get Up got us to, you know, brilliant, to dark side, to pyro, to evolve, <laughs> to devil, to the album. Because the album is not a concept record in the traditional sense. If you think of Pink Floyd's The Wall, or even Tommy when they did, or Who when they did Tommy, or even Queensryche's Operation Mindcrime. This isn't like that. It's more of, it's about all of us. And what I mean by that, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, whether you're younger, whether you're older, the color of your skin, that's irrelevant, your religion, that's totally up to you. What we don't want is for people to lose their empathy with each other. We don't want people to lose a human connection. And in a world where technology is thrust upon you, I think sometimes you forget, because we do, we're not perfect, but you forget that you're in control. Okay? So when we see people do this, there are moments in our everyday life that we kind of want to take our hands and go under their chin and kind of do this and be like, hey, I don't want to lose this. I don't want to lose or feel threatened or afraid that I can't talk to a total stranger. <laughs> because no matter... Because, because no matter how you look at it, we're all here together. And, and, and I'm not trying to say that to bring it all full circle. I'm saying that because to be negative is easy. To find the solution to the issues, that's where you have to build your relationship 
with each other. You've got to find that in order to rise above it. But to get, to get back to your question, which was, is... <laughs> you know what? I think we're good. Is Attention, good. Attention a concept record or is it a story record? I think that's That was we not were. the question. Was that not the question? That was not the question. I, I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> I blacked out. I think we covered my question. About three minutes ago. Uh, what's the story, just so we're clear, what's the story? You know, basically we ended up writing each one of these songs about ourselves and about each other. And then we took them and basically put them into a person almost. We put a person in a room and this person is going into the room to deal with all of the shit that they've done to themselves, all of the shit they have to deal with, with whether it's substance abuse or depression or society. And uh, uh, they're basically coming to terms with themselves. Which if you don't, which if you hear the record, the, the beginning track and the end track is the man, is the person yeah. walking into the room and sitting down. And then getting up and leaving in the end. And, yeah, and, which um, they had to tell me. So it wasn't really, a, it, but it, it <laughs> but it. Uh, I thought you were getting on a train. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the concept was, was you know, it, it wasn't really a concept, it was more of a story. And like I said, the songs kind of presented themselves. Uh, I love it, you. As we I went. love you too, man. <laughs> it was the easiest record to sequence, that's for sure. Because yeah. it, it already made sense. Was it? No. I don't know. I thought no, no, so. No, 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 see, no. And the other thing, too, is when we went in to master that record here in New York City, we, yeah, New we, York. Had, we, had, a, we had interludes and we had, uh, we had, we had other pieces of music that, that went before songs. And, and, you know, it was more concept feeling. And we, we spent one day mastering it and we assembled it into, into the, the, the sequence and then I went to the hotel room and I couldn't sleep. I think I called Brent like three times. I'm like, this is wrong. Yep. It's all wrong. <laughs> like I was, I was, I was a, little, a little freaked out. And, and so we went in the next day and I was like, take all of it out because it was a better rock record the way it is now. And, that's, and, and, I, and I, I never wanted to lose sight of that. Like we're, we're a band, we're a rock band. We're not making a movie. I do need to know? say one thing though about it with the sequence because Eric's lovely wife Kelly is here. And I thought that was awesome when you told me that, because we were having a hard time sequencing it. Yeah. And she actually went in and did a sequence of her own. Yep. And she was pretty close to what you had. Yep. And it really, really helped him kind of, <laughs> I thought that was just awesome that his wife, you yep. know, because we love her and she's amazing. Um, but, you know, for the two of them, because she is with him so much and she loves him so passionately. And that's why they're married. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a reflection of once again like how the universe works, yeah. and it'll help you in certain situations. And I remember her, man, like that that helped you out a lot, man, yeah, and it helped it the record out. Uh, all the song titles are in caps except special. Yep. What's the significance of that? Because it's not special. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really need to ask that? <laughs> it was more for the audience. <laughs> Wasn't for you personally? You know what, though? Chris Brown, our Chris Brown. <laughs> He's in the audience not hitting anyone. Right? Yeah.
I will, I will never forget the fact that, like, when we're doing the sequence and everything, because it goes on, you know, iTunes, and sometimes the, you know, they're getting everything ready, and me and him were very much about, you know, this whole visual of everything and the exclamation point and all these different parts, but I'm like, everything has to be capitalized except for special. And he was like, please don't mess this up, please don't mess this up, please don't mess this up, because in that digital world, sometimes they'll mess some things up. Mm. I remember he, like, he was nervous, man, like, the first time it went up, like, Tell me they're all capitalized except for special. That's supposed to be all lowercase, and it was. So I it was think that's good. the first uh, thing we checked when the record came out. We yeah. were all like, okay, cool. Yeah. Right. Sweet. Well, we already talked about the song Get Up. Yeah. Why don't, why don't we play it? Why don't you, oh. you play it? Why don't you play it? I think you should play it. You think I should play it? Well, you I'm going to have to get on the internet and look up the tabs. <laughs> uh, while we're doing this, yes. uh, we're going to open this up t at later in the evening. We're going to open the audience to questions. Oh, good. Uh, so uh, there are going to be microphones. I don't know if they're here already. Yeah, they're, they're there. Easy, ready. Uh, there are microphones at the front of each aisle, so please feel free to come down with your questions. Uh, but first, get up. Let's play a song. <clears throat> So if you ask any stupid questions, you go right back to the back of the room. Just, just know that. You lose your place in line. You just let me know when you're ready. I'm tuning, <laughs> Eric. Oh, I'm not a ball buster. No, no. I, I, I... So has this become not so much of like a boring Thursday night, or have we kicked it up? To the light of day to tell you everything's a-okay And medication don't do much Yeah, it just numbs the brain Yeah, she might say I'm a little intense I'm on the bright side of being helpful so, take it for me, you're not the only one who can't see straight, can't see straight. If you were ever in doubt, don't sell yourself short, you might be bulletproof. All the moon mountains when you're paralyzed, but you gotta try. And I'm calling out, so get up, get up, get up, move on. What's taking so long? Get up, get up, get a move on And stop stalling Cause I'm calling So get up, get up, get a move on Get up, get up, ain't nothing wrong Cause I believe you can be whatever And I agree you can do much better You gotta trust me Everybody wants to sing their song. So, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? 
nothing normal when it comes to you and me. I'd rather twist myself in knots and watch you give up on your dreams. If you were ever in doubt, don't sell yourself short. You might be bulletproof. Hard to move mountains when you're paralyzed, but you gotta try. So I'm calling out, get up, get up, get up, move on. Get up, get up, what's taking so long? Get up, get up, get up, move on. And stop, stop. Trust me. Yeah, I don't know why I never talk about it. I guess that's probably part of the problem. Yeah. Sometimes you're wrong, sometimes you're right. I'm just gonna keep moving. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep moving. Today, tomorrow, and the next. Get up, get up, get a move on. Get up, get up, there ain't nothing wrong. So get up, get up, get a move on And stop stalling Cause I'm calling out Get up, get up, get a move on Get up, get up, ain't nothing wrong Cause I believe you can be whatever Yeah, and I agree You can do much better You gotta trust me Thank you. Oops. Oh, good. <laughs> Ain't my bird rodeo. <laughs> no. Switch. 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 We say we're going to switch. Switch. Okay. okay. All right. I'll go here. I have gas. <laughs> it's true. It smells bad, too. Here's your Gatorade. Oh, thank you very much. Zach drinks Gatorade. Yeah, thank you. He does. Are we having fun still? Well, let's get personal. Oh, why did I have to sit right here? <laughs> uh, where to begin? Your show, your live shows are amazing. Um, Thank you. Like I said earlier in the show, when I first met Zach, I wasn't familiar with the band, really. And Zach's like, come down to see a show, and I did, and I was like, these dudes are just, they are jumping around. Was that Anaheim? <laughs> <laughs> I was L.A. at the Mayan. At the Mayan, all right. Like, I, I came up with, like, the Black Crows, and those guys were on so many, they just stood there. Just, <laughs> like, the most you ever got out of Rich Robinson was, like that. <laughs> we do not just stand there. No, and it's effing amazing. Thank you. Thank you. To watch you guys... It was that, and I watched even early Shinedown stuff. Was, was that always the, like, if you join the band, are you like, hey, man, you can't just stand there. We jump around, <laughs> we do stuff. Sometimes we wear eyeliner. I think it's ah! just. <laughs> that was years ago. Hey. <laughs> we did. Was that a meeting we in did. 2008 we where you guys like, we good. need to line our eyes? We wore, we wore a lot of eyeliner. We did wear a lot of eyeliner. 
We did. She's way into it. My how times have changed. Um, I think the music. I think what the music that we create makes us move the way that we move. Because uh, I've never been on stage and been losing my mind during a song and felt like I was doing this for the audience. No offense. But I mean, I, we have to put on a show, but like, I'm not gonna get up there and fake it either. You know, like I, you know, lately, even probably in the past six months, the song Monsters, that, that's- Yeah, you go like, off on that That's one. got like a Holy Spirit vibe to me where it gets inside of me and I'm, I don't know if, what I'm dealing with that I went through in my past, <laughs> but uh, some shit is coming out and it's <laughs> and I'm dealing with it in front of you. And that's kind of what we talked about with Attention Attention. It's about being honest, you know, what you see up there. We're never like, you know, we're just gonna go up there and slam it down. Like, you can tell. I think our audience has been with us long enough now that you can tell if Eric's having a bad night. You can tell if I'm having an off night. Yeah. And I've had people come up to me after the show and be like, you having an off night? And I'm like, yeah, I hate that you can tell that, but, you know, that's just, I think it's our music that does that. I think that, I don't, I don't think that there was, a, I don't think there's a prerequisite about when you, when you join the band. Yeah, like, you no one's joined the band in the last 12 years, though, so that's good. <laughs> that's the main thing, I think. I put it in my application. No, we'll, it's in there. We'll, we saw we'll, it. We'll call you. Yeah, yeah we'll call you. Oh, yeah. Don't call us. <laughs> we'll call you. I put... Some we songs need that need sweet tambo. tambourine solo. <laughs> <laughs> that sweet out of time tambourine solo you provide. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yay, it's your birthday. You guys do. <laughs> How funny would that be? <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> Uh, That's an inside joke between me and Eric. That's no the, be the best inside joke that I can't tell any of you about. <laughs> but how funny would that be if you guys were just rocking out? I'm just next to Barry. Yeah. You know well, it's, what? It's going to happen. It's going to happen now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look for that footage. Uh, you guys are in chair. It's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have been in chair. Maybe a couple of us. I'm, I'm really. Sure. I'm about, I hit about 90% with my words. <laughs> Not a good batting average. Uh, you guys are very charitable, not only with your music, but your time. You guys are always giving back to the community, spreading positivity when most bands just play their gigs and go home. Why is it so important for you to give back? Because you can't just talk the talk, man. You, gotta, you, gotta, you have to give of yourself. I, I was brought up in such a great family, man. I think all of us were, actually. That's a, that's a common thread throughout our band is that everyone Every, every one of us had a great family when we were kids. Um, and I was just taught that, man, that, that uh, you know, that you have to give of yourself. You know, it, it's, it's one thing to, to, to hashtag a bunch of stuff, and, and, uh, and, that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's something else when you, when you, you know, you give your time, you give your, yourself to, to others. Um, it's just something that's really important to us. And, uh, and we try to uh, we try to live it the best way we can, you know. Sometimes we do better than others. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, but we've always listen. We have a saying where I come from, Memphis, is talk about it or be about it. And and for me, for us, you know, it's like we feel like we have such a blessed life that you can't always feel like you're taking from the well. You know, you always have to put back. Yeah. And uh, you know, children are something that we've always come in a bond with, and, and childhood cancer, and that's something that being from Memphis. Um, I've been working with St. Jude since I was 20 years old. And um, it's just uh, we've, uh, we've actually got our friends here from DC yeah. Strong tonight. They're, they're here. Amazing. Uh, 
DC Strong is a great uh, uh, charity for uh, that, that helps uh, kids who have been through cancer treatment or going through cancer treatment by giving them special experiences, shopping sprees, gifts, um, and and it really helps lift their spirit. It helps battle the other side of cancer. And we've 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 been very uh, very blessed and very honored to, uh, to to help them. And in turn, they've helped us. And uh, we're actually doing something special this month. Our our song Unity. Uh, it's National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month this month, and uh, uh, our, once again, our, our wonderful record label and, and, uh, and the people we're involved with have helped us with this. Uh, there's an acoustic version of Unity that we've, we had for years yep. that we just never, we never did anything with. We'll do acoustic versions of songs occasionally, and then we won't do anything with them. They just sit there. And this is one of those cases, and uh, Dustin Collier, who is the DC and DC Strong, was a young man who uh, he passed away um, almost two years ago. Uh, he had what was called Wilms tumor, and he was a six-time, uh, excuse me, six-time uh, cancer survivor. And um, his favorite Shinedown song was Unity. And so I would, I'd been thinking about this for a while. I was like, what better way to to, to help the charity to honor Dustin than to uh, to release the acoustic version of Unity? So uh, if you go to uh, donorbox.org/backslash DC Strong. If you give two dollars or more this month only, there's a limited number of downloads. You can get an acoustic version of Unity, and so for a uh, great cause. So, yeah. <laughs> and we also uh, we also got to meet a very very special young lady named Valentina, who uh, we, we 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 took her to FAO Schwartz this morning. She had a, a, a shopping spree, and she's here at the show tonight. She's a huge Shinedown fan, and uh, so thank you. Also, Zach and Eric got to do chopsticks on the big keyboard. We did. We did. We did. Yeah, we, we did. Got, I, I got to we got to dance on the keyboard. And shout out to FA Schwartz because they, they yeah, came man. through really cool. They, the, the whole store was closed down and they let us go in there and take her and her family. It was yep. really cool. So. Thank you, FA Schwartz. But yeah, man, to your to your point, you know, and, and I'll I'll be I'll, I'll I'll wrap this up pretty quickly. But you, for me, we have a platform. We have we have the we have the ability to. As, as, as artists, musicians, and E-list celebrities <laughs> to, to be able to, to, to leave something in the world and leave it better than we found it. And um, that's what we want to do with our music and with our time, so. I'm at least a D, for sure. Okay. <laughs> See? Thank you. A's in your hearts. <laughs> Zach and Brent, you two are fathers. I, mean, I didn't mean it. That sounded, that sounded <laughs> you said it like you didn't know. That sounded rhetorical. I didn't. Mean I don't know. I don't uh, know. Yeah, you know sure. this. Yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I feel weird being in the middle of this. You can <laughs> get over here. <laughs> yes, and this is our child in the sweater. <laughs> we just snuck in this musical chairs on purpose. We were like, what's the time in the, the, the conversation when we switch? Yeah. Switch. Uh, how, has, <laughs> how has Father changed not only your outlook on life, but uh, your touring? Or your outlook on touring, I guess. It's got to be tougher. Oh, wait, you want to go first? Go I first? would love for you to go first. <laughs> <laughs> Figured that was coming. Uh, fatherhood, as you've seen, because you met me before I was a father. I did. Has changed everything about my life. Um, you know, I... I, it's weird. What I've learned, and I'll tell you this to, 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 I'll say this to parents and to people who are maybe one day going to be parents. 
every parental cliche anybody tells you is true. And I don't, I don't, and I, I, it is funny, but I actually don't mean it in a funny way. Like, when people are like, you've never, you've never felt love like this, you're probably like, ah, I probably have. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you got this person who you're responsible for, and you're like, shit, no, I haven't. Like, I, yeah. I don't, I, you know, like, I, this is a real thing, you know, and then people are like, oh, it goes by too fast. And then one day, you're holding a two-month-old, and then one day, he's telling you in the car that you have to listen to Dad I Rock or he's going to freak out. Um, <laughs> um, and that's, that's what it is, but, you know, it's, it's, it's made me, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what the outside changes look like to someone else looking at me, but to me, I felt like I've changed everything about my life. I think I've become completely a lot more selfless than I was um, with a lot of things. Uh, but touring-wise, yeah, we've definitely... We used to go really, really, really hard, and we still work very, very, very hard. What do you mean used to? We st okay. <laughs> We've had about 30 days off this year, so uh, that's not funny. Um, <laughs> look, you, look at these bags under my Woo, woo person. No drugs. No drugs. Yeah, by the way, I don't drink or do drugs. 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 No drugs. Drugs. No, I mean, you know, we, we still... <laughs> what? What? Our, <laughs> Judge me. our work ethic has never changed, you know, yeah. our work ethic, we're always going to be hard workers, but I definitely, as we get older, we, I think we're trying, we're still trying <clears throat> all you can to do. find ways to do it smarter than harder, you know. Brent? Buddy? You know what the greatest thing is about being a father, um, and I'm saying this because um, my son is the, he's the number one. Um, but the thing about it is, is that my 11-year-old son, who's going to be 12 in December, does not give a crap that his dad is in a rock band. Yeah. <laughs> At all. <laughs> Could not care less. Falls asleep, falls asleep, song two. Every song time two, out. <laughs> not, I mean, if there's a couch, He's on it. He's on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My kid, all he cares about. The only thing he cares about. The only thing he wants to listen to is us. Like our kids are like the polar opposite. <laughs> but no, man. Like the, the thing about it is, like with my my son, um, I'm very lucky because the the young lady that I had him with, um, where we really are best friends. We've got so much of a connection with each other because of our son, but. We just, you know, it was a unique um, way that we came to where we are now. Because she's married to an incredible man, and they have a son, and I look at him as mine too. My son's name is Lyric, and his little brother's name is Lennon. And the thing is, is that we all hang out with each other all the time. Like when I come into town... <clears throat> I just spent two weeks waiting on a hurricane. That never came. <laughs> like, that never and, came. Yeah, that, um, you know, that we, you know, that with, with what was going on, um, we were all just hanging out together. The last four New Year's days, we've been together. Me, my son, his mother, her husband, their son, and we're all together. And that's like the biggest thing for him to know that, because his version of normal is, is really in a lot of ways 
the, the moment he was four months old, I had him on the road. And to see what he's growing into, it's amazing. I'm going to tell you why. Because he is his own man. He really is. Like, he likes what he likes. He studies really, really hard at school. He loves basketball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, the, and the most recent thing that has happened, though, because he's not that big of a music fan. You know what I mean? He's like, he's doing other stuff. But in the last, this is pretty cool, in the last three months since when I've been with him, and I'll put like something in the background on the car when we're driving, what have you. I got a playlist on or what have you. And a couple of months ago, there was a band that came on, you know, on my playlist. We're driving. And he was like, who's this? And it wasn't on very loud. I looked at him and I said, that's a band called Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> and I was just with him because I was uh, in Florida with him for the last two weeks, all of us together. Um, and he was like, he got in the car with me. First day that I picked him up from his brand new school because he just started sixth grade this year. And he goes, play the song about the bulls. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna, cool. a, if you're gonna get into music, that's where to start. I agree. So, yes. If that's where he's starting, you know, who knows? There's no end. Yeah. All right, let's have some fun. Oh, well, that's what we haven't been doing already? Okay. I mean, don't ask any stupid shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. Too late. Like, like this guy's been doing all night. I'm just kidding. Chris, you've done a great job. I know that you've prepared for this for a long I time. I don't need so. your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Somebody had to do it. Somebody had to do it. Completely irreverent. Can't take this dude anywhere. I swear. That was a metaphor for my life, what just happened. <laughs> You know what that's called? Rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> you can take one album on a desert island. What is it? One album on a desert island. It was originally three, but you guys are long-winded. So. We are. <laughs> hey, you ask, you, ask, you ask Brent Smith what three albums he's taking on a desert island. That's a 20-minute question. I know. That's why I went one. Uh, really? We just need artist and title. Joshua Tree, you too. Joshua Tree, you too. Soundgarden, super unknown. Oh, you I'm don't like you two? I gotta give three, man. I don't have one. Yeah, let Eric right, give three. All right, pick Pink three. Floyd, The Wall. Uh, Battle of Los Angeles, Rage Against the Machine. Right. And the best of John Williams. Nice. Nice. All right. That's the Star Wars guy. <laughs> Not also Jurassic knows. Park. Uh. All right, I like those. <laughs> uh, music... I already know yours. It's, well, I was getting it's... ready to say Southern, oh, Southern, Southern Harmony Musical Companion. I would, I would say Amorica. All right, Amorica. Yeah, I would right. take the Black, Black Rose, Rose Amorica. Sure, yeah. Also because the cover. Yeah, you yeah. Just, <laughs> that gives you another thing to do on the <laughs> island. Right there. <laughs> but that boom. <laughs> God Knocks bless America is all I can say. Yeah. If Shinedown never existed, what band would you most want to be a part of? Shit. Wow, what a... Wow, I'm, you know what? 
We've been asked questions sort of like that, but never that question. Well, you're welcome. I know what mine would be. Yeah, go ahead. Living Color. Oh, yeah. One of these things is not like the other. Um, uh, I'm colorblind. Uh, I, uh, the band. I'd be in the yeah. band. Yeah, you would. Eric? I'd, pro I'd probably say Rage, man. They, yeah. they, make, yeah. a, they make a noise, man. Yeah. The back half of this special has been brought to you by yeah. Rage, Rage Against, Against the, the Machine. machine. A, Anytime you're ready to get back together, we would love it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll open. We won't open for anybody. We'll open for you, though. <laughs> On music alone. All right. MJ or... What? Wait, no, 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 no. No, Hold listen, on. that's not... That's not that's... On music alone. Pipe down out there. The Q&A like comes in a second. On music alone, MJ or Prince? Yee, Prince. Prince. I said music alone, just FYI. Still Prince for me. Brent? Oof. Are we talking Jackson 5 as well? Like, yeah, oh, we'll give him the whole, whole anthology. Thing. Yeah, I'd have to go Michael Jackson. Because it's not like people are like begging to see Tito. Yeah. <laughs> not in 40 years. By the way, this is why the universe is real. I did Good Day in New York the other day, and Tito was on right before me. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody's begging to see Tito. Yeah. <laughs> Brent. So with that, with that being said, MJ. And I am the Tito of Shinedown. Yes. So, you know. <laughs> Old Tito sweater bass. <laughs> on music good, alone. On Thank music you, alone. Oh, on music that's... alone. Rolling Stones or Beatles? See, that's a tough one for me. Beatles. 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 Ah, Beatles. All right, yeah, Beatles. Yeah, I'm with that. On music alone, Tupac or Biggie? Tupac. 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 Sorry. Sorry, New York. Hey, we're gonna, hey, we told you we were gonna be honest. <laughs> we told you we were gonna be honest. When I first, when we first started doing prep for this, uh, Zach told me he wanted this to be a little like inside the actor's studio. You've done a great job. <laughs> so I got the questionnaire. Oh. All right. I'm just going to go down the line to make it easy. Zach, what is your favorite word? Cunt. Oh! Woo! Woo! I believe, hold on. I believe. Hold also, on. Also, hold probably on. the first Hear time that's I'm been not, said I'm here. not referring to a body part of a human. I'm referring to... I believe that word should come back. I believe it's a, a proper, excessive word for anger. I believe that the British have it correct when you say, oh, that guy's a cunt. Mm. My kid's probably watching this, by the way, and you're just like, cunt, 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 cunt. <laughs> Hi, Bethany. Brent. Ah. Brent, what is your least favorite word? No. <laughs> I knew that, man. That's the damn truth. Oh, why do you guys tour so much? <laughs> Eric, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? 
Quoi I think we know the no, answer. Hey, you know what? De depression. Yeah. Yeah. Depression. Oh wow, depression. that got dark. We could ask Kelly too. Kelly's. In I'm talking. That, that was more of a creative thing. Creative. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, uh, Zach? What turns you off? Um. Uh, what do you like? What do you? Which, in which I mean, it's it's just on here. I don't. <laughs> you want me to skip that? Two things. One? Two things. People who, who talk to you like they know you way more than they do. Yeah. That uh, may not make sense to some people, but they're like, oh, yeah, buddy, remember? I'm like, yeah, we don't know each other that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, close talkers. I don't like close talkers. I would have said Crocs. Crocs turn me off. For... Brent. I'm, I'm with him on that. Brent, what is your favorite curse word? That's, that's three that's words. Three words. Probably, if it had to be... Say cut. <laughs> Dude, the people at 92Y are gonna forever refer to this as the contract. Hey, man. What's up? How you doing? Probably, probably damn. Because okay, yeah. why? No, 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 check it out. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Boo this man. Tell you why. Because people always say, man or woman, I'm damned if I do or I'm damned if I don't. Well, the way I look at that is, well, damn it, get after it. <laughs> there you go. Either way. Everybody's gonna say the F bomb, everybody's gonna say shiite. You know. Shite. You know, and you can just do a lot with damn. Damn yeah. can be positive, damn can be negative. Damn is just very expressive. It just depends on how you're saying it. All right, All right. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna skip past a couple of these, get to the good one. <laughs> well, because I wanna get to the Q&A with you guys. If heaven, and this is for all three of you. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the that early is a gates? That is a James Lipton question. That's, it yeah, it's a very popular one. Uh, I would like to hear him say, you've, you've done well and you've done good things. All right. Brent? Go back, you're not done. <laughs> that was... Can we, can wouldn't we, that be the third time he said that to you? <laughs> Technically, maybe, yeah. <laughs> can we redo, can I redo mine? That was better than mine. Oh. It's not a contest, Zach. It's just you say answer. what comes to your heart. Brent? What about Eric? Eric? <laughs> You're not getting out of this. I though. don't know. Uh, I was expecting you sooner. <laughs> <laughs> also, what he, Winner. Would, what, he would, what he would say to all three of us is, I thought you would be taller. <laughs> <laughs> they get that joke. Anyone who's ever been to a meet and greet understands. Yeah. <laughs> I get Everyone at every meet and greet ever, they'd be like, oh. <laughs> oh. All right. You I guys look really big on stage. <laughs> I get the exact opposite. Really? 
I, every time people come up to me, they're like, I didn't know you were that tall. You just stared at me for 90 minutes. I, Did I walk up and like, I thought you'd be shorter. Kind of. And, <laughs> then know, you, that's a, and then you're like, well, how do I carry myself on stage? Exactly. Like this midget. Every time, <laughs> every time I post a photo of you and I on my yeah. Instagram, people are like, dude, you're so short. I'm like, he's 6'5". <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't explain why I come to his waistline, but still. <laughs> All right, let's open it up to the audience. All right. I, I don't see anyone at the microphone. Is, is, there, is there a crowd? Here we go, uh, this guy right, right here. Oh my gosh, what's jean, up, my man? Jean jacket, we saw How you. How you doing? Yeah, man. Oh no, there's people here. <laughs> there's people here. <laughs> All right, focus. We were, we were supposed to end this let's thing focus. 20 minutes ago. It's okay. We'll keep going. I don't know if we need the house lights up. That's kind of weird. Nah. No, no, leave them up. Can we turn the house lights down? We don't need to see them. <laughs> like a medium. Leave them in like a medium. There you go. That's a good stopping Okay, point. now I have bad news for a lot of you. There's <laughs> no way we're doing this many questions. <laughs> By all means, sir, go ahead. Where do I, where the, where do I begin? Um, just, just with a question. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They usually start with a W word. Back of the room, no, I'm <laughs> All right, so um, recently I've been playing a lot of music. I've been playing open mics, and you guys have been my biggest influence, and this is actually my stage, one of my stage jackets, and the reason why I got you guys to sign it, I would love to, love to get you to sign it as well, Brent. I got you after is, the show. Thank you, thank you. It's because... You guys are like one of my biggest influences, and it reminds me to be to do my best every single night, no matter how many cute girls there are in the audience. <laughs> you gotta play for the. Dudes so my too. question, so my question is, what would be some tips? Because your stage presence, Brent, is off the freaking charts. How how do I be more like you on stage? <laughs> I think that um, all you really, really need to ask yourself, though, man, is you don't want to be like me. You want to be you. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, and if you, if you sucks, then try to be him. But other than that. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll, I'll give you some quick advice, though, man. Um, just focus on when you're out there. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to MF a crowd. They don't, they don't, need, to be, they don't need to be talked down to. No. You know what I mean? I know some guys, some girls, some bands, you know, they... They love the MF, they'll do it the whole show. You know what, I, I consciously stopped cussing on stage about 15 years ago. Not because I'm trying to be like, I don't know, I don't even have a good word for it. I just was like, they've been, you know, they've been MF'd enough. You know what I mean? So when you're out there, man, make sure they know how much you appreciate them being there, man. Because we've said this till the day is long, because it's true, we got one boss it just happens to be everybody in the audience. <laughs> Thank you. Let's take a question from Zach Myers Groupie over here. <laughs> Gentlemen, this is a great song on um, Amaryllis called um, For My Sake. Yeah. You've never played it live. Okay. And, okay. And we, we, read, we read all these backstories about it. Can you give us the real backstory about it? For our yeah. sake. I wish you, I hope you tell the actual story about this. It was about a tour manager that we had. Thank you for telling that story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've never talked about that before. It was about someone who, who worked for us who was one of the, the, the 
the hardest working people you've ever seen, had everything together. Um, and then just one day just kind of lost their way and, and, and kind of like stopped doing the job that, that we were used to them doing. And it was really sad for us because he, he meant a lot to us. And I, he, was, he was the first he time taught manager. He, he taught, taught us, us a lot. lot. Uh, not, and not about the music business, but a, a lot about that too, but about life, you know. I would, go, I would go to him as a husband and a father and ask him questions, like for real. And he taught us a lot about a lot of things. And he, he kind of just lost his way for a while, and it was kind of sad to see. So that's what that, that's what that song is about. Next. Hi, so I just hi. Hi, I just moved here to New York like three weeks ago from Missouri. Cool. I also saw you guys there. That was really awesome. Thanks, man. <laughs> yes. So I... Yeah, let's go blues. Um, so I've been trying to write music while I've been here, and I've had a really bad case of writer's block. Okay. It's been terrible. Um, do you have any tips or like, just any quick tidbits about how I can like, overcome that? Me and Zach are going to give you to Mr. Bass. <laughs> it's important to finish the bad song. Yeah, you got to finish it, man. You got to finish, you know, just finish something. Like, even if, it's, even if you think it's terrible right now, finish it. It'll lead you to the good stuff. And, uh, you know, believe me, man, I, I deal with it all the time, whether I'm, I'm writing music or I'm writing stuff for a book or whatever. Um, you can block yourself, you know, just by... You know, with, with those demons in your head, those, 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 those bad voices that tell you you're no good. And uh, the only way to defeat those is to shove them to the side by finishing, like Zach said, finish the bad songs. Um, it's, uh, you know, we, we get this a lot in meet and greets and stuff. You've never written a bad song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've written a lot of bad songs. Yeah. We just don't just, let you hear them. As a writer, I could also tell you, just sit down and write. Yeah. Just force yourself, no matter how garbage you think it is, yeah. just put pen to paper, and it'll, it's, like, it's like any muscle. Flushing it's like it sometimes out. it's out of shape, and you just got to work it, and then you get in the groove. Yeah, I, I actually yeah. talked to a scriptwriter friend of mine the other day, and he was going through the same thing, and he did exactly what Chris said. He went into the bathroom, sat on the toilet, got a pen and paper out, and just wrote pages of stuff that he knows is never going to be anything. Yeah. But he's getting it out of the way. And in that, he found something. Just two words. But it sparked something in him, and he started on something else. Yeah. You know, also, real quick, do you type or do you write with a pen on uh, paper? Combination of the two. If you're really right having a hard time with a man, put the keyboard down, grab a yeah. pen, yeah. and get on some paper and go for it, man. Yeah, man, no, like, put the, put the thesaurus away, put all of that stuff away, man. It's Make in, up words. It's, it's in, it's, <laughs> hey, it's in here, man. It's in here, it's in here, you know? And it'll come out. You just have to work at it, so. You got fine. it in there, man. We can see it. Aww. Don't, we got it. You, you, Thank we you. We can see it, man. Batgirl. Hi, my name is Valerie. I seriously can't wait for my first meet and greet with you guys in Canada and get a big hug. We're super short. <laughs> We're super short. <laughs> my question for you guys is what keeps your foundation when you guys have hardships, like conflicts, because we're all human. I'm sure you guys being together all the time, you guys yeah. probably butt heads. So yeah. what do you do to keep that foundation strong amongst you guys? Talk about it. Yeah. We, don't. we, we talk to each other a lot. I mean, we're, we're human. We'll let things fester occasionally and build yeah. up, but eventually it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out. We're going to talk about it. I don't know if you've noticed, they like to talk. 
we uh, we uh, we can we have we have two rules. Uh, you don't go to bed mad, and then truthfully, one that I still live by is I won't say anything about any of these guys that I'm not gonna say to their face. Like I won't, I just won't do it. Like that's how. You know what? And it, it, but and, but you can also get your point across by may, maybe making it funny or maybe making it satirical. But if I have some, an issue with one of them, I'm saying it that day. And it's because you know what? After Sound of Madison Amarillo, we had toured for seven years straight, and we got into a, a kind of what the enemy's video is based on is we were supposed to have a 30-minute meeting, and it was nine hours. <laughs> and it was truly like, I mean, every, if you've seen Metallica, some kind of monster, it was us screaming and crying and yelling at each other and talk about what each other had put each other through. And, but honestly, communication, and we respect one another more than anything. That more than anything. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. How you doing? Brent and I have met you guys so many times. My favorite song ever was The Road I'm On by Three Doors Down. Yeah. Up, up until you guys wrote Get Up. It's the same concept, right? I mean, it, 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 it hit me so hard both times, right? And I always wanted to ask you, every meet and greet, who do you think has the, other than Brent Smith, who do you think has the greatest voice in music that you ever heard? Wow. Um, but I'll give you mine, other than yours? Brent Smith, other than Brent Smith. Yeah, what is it? What's of yours? course. Mine? Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Lewis and Chris Cornell. Okay. And Brent Smith, but, and Brent Smith. Make sure you clarify. But I, but I will tell you this, but I will tell you this. I've seen, I've seen Linkin Park 16 times and it killed me and you've always given respect to Chester. Yeah. I cried so many times and all your music ever since he died, yeah. Just, it hits me so hard. So you're I, asking me, like... The greatest voice you've ever heard, other than yours. <laughs> um, from the... Honestly, from the male side, Otis Redding. And... You know, <clears throat> this is, you know... From the female side, Joan Jett. <laughs> Who we, who we met recently, we got to meet her and it was amazing. Yeah, but I mean, you guys covered the greatest bands ever. Yeah, and well, we covered a band or two. Or two, <laughs> or three. <All> right. <laughs> Good question, thanks. Thank sir. you. Appreciate it. Hi guys, uh, my name's Lori. Chris, you're funnier than you are on your, your show. Oh, well, I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. You're hilarious. Yeah, yeah, those aren't funny. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Porter, bring it down. <laughs> Yeah, your shows aren't funny, but tonight you're great. No, your, no, your shows are fun. You're funnier. You're, you're funny anyway, but you're funny. Like you're just I funny. get it. I you get what it. I'm trying to I, say. I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, would it be okay if I use this opportunity to say thank you to the three of you, plus Barry, who's not here, um, for everything that you guys do, for how hard you work, um, with events like this and opportunities that you give us to get to see another side of you, for the amazing tour productions that you put on for us, which you're legit one of the best live rock bands I've ever seen live. Um, those of us on this side of the stage uh, that support what you guys do, we have a saying where it's, what's your shinedown story? And that's normally, you know, used to refer to 
How did Shinedown's music help you get through whatever? And it can be anything. So, you know, thank you for how hard you work, the sacrifices that you make in spending time with your family and your friends in order to entertain us um, and help us. And um, most importantly, thank you for the music that you put out and that's real and honest, that no matter what you're feeling, there's a song for it, which is ridiculous how good you guys are. Um, you know, we all have a shine down story. Mine's being written right now. Uh, it started May 4th of last year when Attention Attention came out uh, and ripped the lids off a lot of stuff that I had put aside. So uh, thank you for Attention Attention. Um, thank you. Thank the you. The world needs that. Thank you for removing the line so that it can be what it needs thank to be. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, dear. All right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, to answer your question, no, it's not okay for you to use your time for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I apologize to everyone in line, but due to time constraints and the fact that people that work here have real lives, we need to, I'm going to do two more questions. We were, we, we were supposed to be done a half an hour. Yeah. yeah so, and they've been uh, cool enough to, really to let us hang out because we're long-winded. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's go just the front two people in line. Okay. Maybe you can make it three because mine's short. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So. Is it? One song answer from each of you. Um, what's your favorite song to work out to? Power Wolf. Um, what's the first one? Demons on? are our girl's best friend. Not demons. Um, <laughs> what's the one? Uh, oh, you put me on the spot right now. I can't think. You of said that. it was going to be we short. Fire. Here we are. Bring fire. <laughs> I got it. Fire and mine's Fire and Forgive by Power Wolf. I actually like uh, Undead by Hollywood Undead. That's nice. Like yeah. That shit makes it makes me want to fight somebody. Right. Like, I love it. Right. Um, you see, now I'm forgetting the name of songs. Whatever the first, the Rage Against the Machine did a did a cover record called Renegades. Whatever the first song is on that, it's. Uh, uh, oh, Microphone Fiend. Microphone Fiend. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. That's it. I uh, I like uh, Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Bad motherfucker. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Hi, my name is Eileen. Oh, Hi. see you Saturday. <laughs> see, see you Saturday. Saturday. Where, where? In Vegas? Oh, next Saturday. Okay. Hi. We'll be there. My, my name is Eileen. You guys make me so freaking happy. I can't stand it. The lady in front of me said everything that I wanted to say, except. No, thank you. Damn. Um, I only discovered you in May of this year, wow. and since we have six venues planned, <laughs> including obviously this one, Shut a week from it. tonight in Bristow and Atlantic City, and then State College. But thank you so much. My question is, you have such, everybody is obviously genius, and I mean that honestly, um, artistically and otherwise. You, so Brent, have such a magnificent and eloquent way with the English language. And I have learned so much poetry in the last two months, it's not funny. If your YouTubes have jumped, it's because of my boyfriend and I, specifically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> yes, but um, where were you educated, all of you? If, uh, I, to what do you attribute? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, school of Hard Knocks. <laughs> yes, is that it? I didn't yeah, know, because I, mean, I, I couldn't I, find I was, any. Uh, Summer school education. every single summer of my high school career, and then uh, I spent I spent uh, two semesters in college sitting in a dorm room playing guitar and not going to class. 
were you educated, Brent? I gotta be honest, um, I, I was educated, um, you know, I, I made it barely through high school, and, because uh, I was just trying to get out, you know what I mean? And, um, I mean, just, I'm crazy, crazy lucky to, like, be here. Seriously, I am. And the thing is, is that it, I'm not trying to, like, phone this in under any circumstances. Um, I'm still getting educated. The only one of us that would have made it academically was not here tonight. He was, yeah, Barry, <laughs> Barry, Barry has an anthropology degree. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Barry, yeah. Barry, I, I started touring when I was 14, so I, I was homeschooled from 14 until I graduated high school, and uh, I did not even think about college, so. Wow. But well, I was ed educated by, you know, Sesame Street, I guess. <laughs> My boyfriend's daughter has alpacas, too. Oh, okay, cool. That's not real. That's not real. For those of you uh, that are standing in line, I'm sorry. I don't have alpacas. We, we've run out of time. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. All right, come up here and ask your question. No, Where? Oh, yes, you? Let's do it. Let's do it. You guys have been my favorite band since high school, and today I turned 30, and we flew in from Chicago for this just oh, to you're celebrate. Young. <laughs> you're a puppy. You're <laughs> it's a big deal. But I just wanted to meet you guys and meet Brent and possibly just like even get a hug. I know that might come be here. Come here. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. You got it ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Get in there, Eric. Get in there. All right, yeah, here, let me see it. Let's do it. I got it. All right, ready? Here, I'll do it. I got it. I'm here. I got this. Go away, Chris. You want to tell them? Are we going to do a song now? We're going to do a song. Are we going to do a, like a really, really cool song? He's I, tall. I feel like they've been sitting for a long time. To me and Chris, uh, we feel like uh, everyone has sat long enough. So we're going to need you all to get up out of these chairs. Um, so uh, here's what we do want to say, though. We want to thank our dear friend, Mr. Chris Porter, for coming out here. <laughs> We also, our management's here tonight. Of course, Bill McGaffey, G's down here. Guyther's here, Liam, Katie's here. Also, Allison, Carla, Seth, and everybody at Press here. Our publicist, Linda's here. Uh, if I forgot anybody that's here, I apologize. You can, uh, you can kick me in the whatever later. And um, uh, we felt like everyone sat. We've learned a lot about each other. We've laughed. Hopefully no one's cried that much. Um, so, uh, the only thing that we have left to do uh, at this point in time is to rock. I got a paint. So the only thing that we ask, um, we need a little bit of rhythm from everybody in the room, okay? So, are you ready? Cool. Um, but do us a favor and then you're here too, stranger. Then if that's true, let's do it New York style, all right? So, we're gonna need hands up in the air like this, you're gonna give us a rhythm. Hands up, hands up. Don't be shy, here we go.
I get it, you're an outcast. Always under attack, always coming in last, bringing up the past. No one owes you anything, I think. You need a shotgun blast, a kick in the ass, so paranoid. Yeah. I'm still laughing like hell. You think that my crime to me? Looking so sorry that you gotta believe you've been affected by social disease. Well, then take your medicine. Cause I created the sound of madness. Hope of gone pain. Somehow I'm still here to explain that the darkest hour never comes in the night. And you can sleep with. But when you're gonna wake up and ah, let's go. Cause I'm so sick of this tombstone mentality. It doesn't act a life will it'll set you free. But I'm not gonna part to see yourself fulfilling prophecy. You think that I'm crying to me, looking so sorry that you got Disease welfare. Take your medicine. Cause I created the sound of madness. Broke the book on pain. Somehow I'm still here to explain that the darkest hour never comes in the night. You can sleep with a gun, but when you gotta wake up and Somehow I'm still here to explain that the darkest hour never comes in the night. You can sleep with a gun when you're gonna wake up, when you're gonna wake up and find. I created the sound of madness, wrote the book on pain. Somehow I'm still here. with a gun, but when you gotta wake up and walk. For yourself. When you gotta wake up and For yourself. So when you gotta wake up and For yourself. Yeah, when you gotta wake up. When you gotta wake up and bite. Yeah, for yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. New York City, thank you very, very much. 92Y, thank you. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chris Porter, give me some love, bro. Thanks for listening. 
Nine2Y Talks is supported by a generous endowment established by Daphne Reconati Kaplan and Thomas S. Kaplan. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and find more great conversations at 92yondemand.org.